0: Welcome to another women's football podcast. I'm Luke Edwards and joining me is Alex Pereira. Hello, Alex. Hello, Luke. How are you doing? Very well. It's just me and you once again. And we're going to look back at everything from the international week to the euro to the euro draw and also to the results today from the Championship and a National League. So we're going to start by looking at the midweek results from the World Cup qualifying in England are in command in Group D as they stay top with 100% record so far as they thrash at Latvia 10-0. Ella Toon from Manchester United grabbed a hat-trick and Ellen White was also amongst the scorers as she grabbed her 44th England goal to move joint second overall in the list of Nations top female goal scorers. England's other goals saw Chelsea defender Millie Bright convert from close range. Beth Mead produced a composed finish and substitute Rachel Daly tapped in from a few yards out. Leah Willinson capped in the side again in the absence of Steph Houghton and she killed home an eighth goal before Georgia Stanway arrowed a low shot into the bottom corner for number nine and then Daly got her second as she rounded the keeper for England's tenth. It's the second time in qualifying that England have reached double figures following their 10-0 win in Luxembourg. Last month, the Lioness manager Serena Viegman called Toon, a very talented player. Uh, could she become one of the greats in English women' game in the English women's game? Do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like she's just on such a good run of form, and sometimes it's nice that it's a player who's not perhaps as in the media and the spotlight as others. So it gives her a chance to kind of forge her own path and write her own story. But yeah, I don't see why she couldn't do that at all.
0: And Emma Hayes afterwards said that she didn't feel that this was a good advert for the women's game at all. And maybe FIFA and UEFA need to set up something similar to the Nations League to give teams like Latvia a chance of competing. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think you've seen it in cricket with the 100... And it's just really improved the standard of cricket. So for women's football to get better and better, the best teams need to be competing at the highest level and not just every two years for the Euros and then two years for the World Cup. You have to make women's football a commodity, a commercial commodity. And if they did have something like the men's with the United Nations League, it might just improve and like uh, the standard of football. And like you say, give teams like Latvia more of a chance because if England are brushing aside teams 10-0, it's not, like MS, Emma Hayes says, it's not the greatest advocate of the game. Whereas if you have more in-house comps and stuff like that, you kind of get to see the progression and see who's going to come out on top and see whether they are... Going to improve their
0: forms. Also in Group D, Northern Ireland were denied all three points in injury time as Austria's Stephanie Enzinger grabbed a a vital goal to keep second place alive in the group. Barbara Dunst had opened the scoring for the Austrians on 42 minutes after skipping through the home defence. However, Lauren Wade scored seconds after the restart to level the game and Demi Vance's stunning free kick Put Northern Ireland ahead. The score means that Northern Ireland, if other results go according to form, will need to match or better the result in the return fixture in Austria next spring if they are to edge into a second position. And Alex, it was almost a perfect response to the defeat at Wembley for Northern Ireland, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. And we have to we can't really forget with the defeat at Wembley. They were there were moments and large moments of the game where they were in commanding positions. They just fail to get that goal. So sometimes you to take that loss on the chin and, like you say, come back bouncing, fighting stronger and still be in the running.
0: Yeah, and the fact that Northern Ireland are now disappointed with only drawing against Austria shows how far they've come, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and that, again, is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, about how can we improve the standard of football and yeah, it's a draw from Northern Ireland, but if there were another competition, it might have given them more confidence to believe that, yeah, we may have drawn one-all with Austria now, but next time we play them, we're determined to beat them and we're determined to win.
0: In group I, Wales beat Estonia 4-0 in front of a record crowd of just under 5,500 at the Cardiff City Stadium. And Gareth James's tidy finish gave Wales a narrow 1-0 lead at the break. Record scorer Helen Ward doubled Wales's lead after half-time before Natasha Harding tapped in to make the results safe. Wales ended the contest with 31 shots and goal and added a late fourth when captain Sophie Ingle smashed home after a fine run. Wales have never qualified for a major tournament, but they sit in second place, two points behind group leaders France. Now, Gemma Granger was really pleased, but was quick to move on and look ahead to November. But the optimism in the Principality must be building now, mustn't it?
1: Yeah, especially like you say, because of the fact that Wales have never qualified. So they're just kind of taking everything as they go. And for them, really, there's no pressure on them to qualify because they've never done it before. So they don't really have many expectations. And if they do qualify, it's really going to be one of those great things for Wales. And it's hopefully going to get people to stand up, like sit up and look and see, yes, Wales have a competent women's team.
0: And also a shout as well to friend of the podcast Helen Ward. She won her ninety sixth cap and scored her forty fourth goal. For her country. In Group A, the Republic of Ireland, they got off the mark. They finally got a win under their belts as they won away in Finland after they'd lost their first game in the qualifying group to Sweden. Denise O'Sullivan capitalised on a goalkeeping error to head home the winner for Vera Paw's side just before the hour mark in Helsinki. Megan Connolly had given him a half time lead with a superb free kick that was equalised by Adelina Engman. And Ireland have got a squad capable of qualifying for the World Cup, haven't they? Especially with players like Katie McCabe in their ranks.
1: Yeah, for sure. And they can't be too hard on themselves because they still have a 50% win rate in the group. They've only played two games, won one, lost one. So there's definite like, momentum and faith that they can qualify. And they just, like Wales have done, got to just ride the wave and ride the storm and just make sure they play as a team and not, 11 individuals on
0: the pitch. Now, excitement's building for next summer's Euros and the draw took place in Manchester over the past week. England were drawn with Northern Ireland in Group A, along with Norway and Austria. So, really interesting group there. In Group B, it's Germany, Spain, Denmark and Finland. Group C contains probably the hardest draw, actually, Netherlands, Sweden, Switzerland and Russia. And then Group D... France, Italy, Belgium and Iceland what is your reaction to that Alex? I mean it's really exciting everyone seemed really excited after that draw didn't they?
1: Yeah they did and I think England have a slightly more favourable draw you think there's definitely a couple of teams in their group that they could win quite comfortably but like you say the group with Spain that's just like the group of death so whoever's going to get out of that one it's it could be it could be Spain, it could be Netherlands, or it could be someone we didn't think.
0: So if you do want to go and watch, tickets are on sale as well. England play at Old Trafford on the 6th of July. They also play at Brighton and Hove Albion's Community Stadium on the 11th of July. And then on the 15th, they visit St. Mary's Stadium. So we're going to move on to domestic matters. And as I mentioned last week, this will sound a bit confusing now. It is last season's FA Cup semi-finals. They took place over the weekend and it was a dominant display by Chelsea in the first semi-final at the Academy Stadium as they brushed aside Manchester City. Two quick fire goals from Erin Cuthbert and Melanie Leopold set the Blues on their way before Beth England added a third in the final minute and it means that there will be a new name on the Vitality FA Cup trophy and Alex, I know you're a big Chelsea fan. It was a really dominant display, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, However, I do feel like with the first goal, the keeper could have done a lot better. She gets two hands to it. She just kind of parries it into her own net. And I know that City have got injuries, but a keeper at any level should be able to, to have stopped that shot. And again, Leopold's goal was just amazing. And Bethany England just wrapping up the win. So very competent performance from Chelsea. But you just look at City and you think... Like in the last round, they scored, what, six goals. It was nice for them to get a bit of form out of the league. Things aren't going so great. But this 3-0 loss to Chelsea, and especially as Chelsea are a team that don't always find it easy to play at Man City's home ground, um, it's, just, it's just raising more questions for City than answering them. And yes, they've got loads of injuries, but the commentators were saying... Mm-hmm that City have the only players on the pitch who are capped at senior level that they should be able to win. Mm. So they can't really use the excuse of injuries.
0: Yeah, this is a question that we've been asking for the last few weeks now. And Gareth Taylor will have a lot lots to ponder. Do you think he's under real pressure now as well?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And I know he was saying, uh, you know, in the pre-match stuff, oh, we're not quite out of the league. But for you to... As a team to win the league realistically, you'd have to win all your games. And considering this run of form that City are in, I can't really see that happening. So there's definite pressure on on the manager. And who knows, he might we might have a new manager by the end of the season. At the rate City are going,
0: yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And we had a tweet in from Adam Bateman who tweeted us in at T. WFP1, thank you for that. And it's basically following on from the injury thing. He's, he's he's a Man United fan. He said, we drew with Chelsea last season with eight players being injured, so City have no excuse to put in such a poor performance today. City are just a poor side with no one standing out in a positive manner, and Gareth Taylor should be under huge pressure, which is basically what you've just said there, isn't it, Alex?
1: Yeah, like, I, it's very hard to put a positive spin on Gareth Taylor at the minute, so and i don't want to be pessimistic but realistically his job is hanging on by a thread
0: yeah and it's a, it's the first time in a long while as well that we've really sort of questioned a manchester city manager because they have been they've been up there with chelsea they've always been challenging haven't they i mean they're out, they didn't even make it to the Champions League group stages. They're out of last season's FA Cup. Obviously, they've got this season's FA Cup to come. They've got the Conti Cup as well. Realistically, they're the only two competitions they're left in now, aren't they?
1: Yeah, but you would like to say that City could perhaps get a bit of magic in the FA Cup because we've seen teams do amazing things. And maybe they might that might give them confidence and belief in the Conti Cup. But I think for City, they need to just string a couple of matches together. But realistically, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether they'll finish top four in the league. If they do, it'll be a yeah, well, it'll be, it, it will be a miracle.
0: Yeah, well, it will be a miracle. it's a case of watch this space, stay, th- stay with us throughout the podcast, throughout the season and find out what the fate of Gareth Taylor is and what the fate of Manchester City is. And Fernanda Vergara, who has joined the team, also gave us her thoughts on the Manchester City-Chelsea game. Go and visit our Instagram page, now the Women's Football Podcast, to see and hear her thoughts about that semi-final between Manchester City and Chelsea. Well, Emma Hayes has got the final that she wanted. She did say after that game that she wanted the Gunners in the final. Nice little derby, fill out Wembley. Well, she got her wish as Arsenal won by three goals to nil against Brighton. Beth Mead scored a double and current England captain, as we mentioned earlier, Leah Williamson got the goals, as as Arsenal ran out comfortable winners in the end, didn't they?
1: Yeah, we were kind of hoping that Brighton might be able to pull off a little bit of magic against Arsenal, but it just didn't seem to happen. And I know Emma Hayes is absolutely delighted with playing Arsenal in the final. Perhaps, you know, Chelsea can get some revenge over Arsenal after they lost to them earlier in the league. But it's also kind of reminiscent of the Conte Cup final a couple of of seasons ago, where Chelsea did ring out eventual winners with a 2-0 win. So hopefully they can bring that form to last season's FA Cup final, which, like you said earlier, seems very weird to say.
0: Yeah, our next England defender Fern Whelan is, is mouth-watering that as well. She feels that Arsenal and Chelsea have been the standout teams this season. So it's a final that we'll look forward to. It takes place on the 8th of December. Now we're going to look at league action and championship fixtures took place today. And it was a very interesting day in the championship. Durham, they stay top. They managed to win by a goal to nil against London City Lionesses. It was an early goal from Dee Bradley in the fourth minute, which meant that the Northeastern side stay top of the table on 18 points. Liverpool are two points behind. They beat Lewis by two goals to nil. Leanne Kiernan with the two goals there. And Liverpool, again, we, we mention it a lot, Alex, we need a strong Liverpool, don't we? we and, most fans will be looking at it and hoping that they can get back into the WSL. No disrespect to Durham.
1: Yeah. I feel like last season, perhaps, or whichever season Liverpool were in the the WSL, perhaps they didn't play to their strengths, but they seem to be a side that's bounced back after getting relegated, sort of finding their form now. And hopefully if they do get promoted back that, They won't, their form won't run away and they'll probably be a bit more experienced of playing in the league compared to last time.
0: Yeah, and despite that defeat for London City, they do remain in third place. One point ahead of Charlton, who su- su- who suffered a surprising home defeat to Sunderland, who needed that result after a couple of iffy results. Grace McCatty with the goal there, and that's their first win in five games. Bristol City, they move up to six. They had a thumping win over Sheffield United. Questions must be asked over Neil Redfern's position. Sheffield United were challenging last year. They are now Lost. They've now not won in their last three and lost their last two. It was a fantastic day for Bristol City. And they they fell behind as well, too. Lucy Watson's goal, but Abby Harrison, then two goals from Amy Palmer, had them 3-1 up. And then Chloe O'Connor and Melissa Johnson added two more to put some gloss on. Onto the scoreline, Crystal Palace with 2-0 up against Watford. Bottom of the table, Watford, it looked like once again that Watford were going to come out pointless. However, they fought back. Liana Priest and Inesa Harney got two late goals for them to give them their first point of the season. So well done to Watford, although they are still eight points behind Blackburn Rovers in 10th. They picked up a win in probably what was the most exciting game of the day. They took the lead after 10 minutes at home to Coventry United. A Saffron Jordan penalty there. And then they went 2 0 up through Farrah Compton before Rio Hardy got a goal back. And Katie Wilkinson looked as Oshid rescued a point for Coventry United in the second minute of injury time. However, in the fifth minute, of injury time, Ellie Leak popped up to give Jemmy Donnelly's side all three points. What an exciting game it was there up at Bamber Bridges ground. And we're going to move on and have a quick look as well at the National League. And I took a trip... Up to the Fylde coast to see how AFC Fylde were getting on. They're currently second in the table behind Wolves. Wolves didn't play today against Sheffield. So I headed up there and it was a comprehensive win in the end for Fylde. They won 5-2 against Brighouse Town, who've had a decent season so far. But it was first half goals from Fay McCoy. Amy Hughes, who got two, and Laura Merrin, plus an own goal from Merrin's free kick, gave Fylde a five-on lead at half-time. Despite a consolation at the start of the second half, it was a comfortable win for Fylde. And after the game, I caught up with the goal scorer, Laura Merrin, and also manager, Danielle Young. So, Laura, a really good win today in the end over Brighouse.
2: Yeah, it was a good... um... Team performance in the first half, and yeah, it was good to get on the score sheet and um, get the three points.
0: Yeah, and an assist as well, especially with the conditions. Like the free kicks were really good, weren't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, when you when you play a team like that, you just have to take the take the chances and um, yeah, get on get on the end of the crosses.
0: It's really good team spirit this year as well. I could see all the girls working for each other, and you're up there in the league as well. And it looks like a really good place to be at the minute.
2: Yeah, the the environment is good. It's good to be in. We work hard for each other week in and week out and it, it's showing in our performances.
0: Now, you're from New Zealand. What are you doing here at Fylde?
2: Um, so I've always wanted to play football in England and um, I came over here and obviously signed for Everton and then came to Fylde and I've just loved it ever since. So I've just not gone yet.
0: <laughs> Bit hard though when you're playing weather like today. I mean, it was freezing cold, wind, rain, everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather conditions are hard, but we just have to adapt and... And just play and get on with it.
0: And the girls, are they confident you can get promoted this year?
2: Yeah, we all believe we can do it. We know we can, we've can. we got a good enough team to do it. It's just, um, you know, when you play teams like that, and, and it's not always going to be a, a good game and you've got to grind out the result.
0: So, Danielle, a comprehensive 5-2 win in the end and, and the early goal got you the perfect start in the end.
3: Yeah, it did. We knew that we had to start really brightly oh, yeah. today. Um, we knew that Brighouse so were going to come. Uh, they were coming off back of quite a few decent results and we knew that they were going to come here and um, take the game to us um, with high intensity and um, they're a team that are really good as a group and they work the socks off and we knew they'd get in our faces and try and make it a bit of a battle so um, to go out and get a goal within the first minute really um, went in our favour I think uh, especially with the pitch and the the rain that... (laughs) We had just before in the first half. So, um yeah, no, it was it was a brilliant start. We couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, you know, we've trained all week and we had a game plan and we executed it per- perfect to perfection and I think that start summed it up really.
0: Did the conditions was that something you wanted to take advantage of as well, or did it just kinda of fall into your lap in a way?
3: I think it kinda of fell into yeah, it kinda of fell into our hands. Um obviously we they turned us for the kick off, which meant the wind was behind us and the rain started coming down. So you know the ball was skidding up off the ground. But in terms of our front three, um, Emily Hollands had Amy Hughes. The way they press from the from the from the wide areas, Faye McCoy absolutely sensational today um, in holding up the ball. And um, yeah, we 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 got into them that final third into good areas and, and we moved the ball really quickly. And I think once we started doing that one and two touch, the rain really helped. Move that ball a lot quicker, um, and we were zipping it round. And you know that that the goals that we scored in the first half summed it up.
0: Yeah, to be five one up at half time must have been an easy team start for you in the end.
3: Yeah, it was. Now it's funny because last week we were three nil up at half time, yeah. and we walked in, and the girls were, um, you know, you'd think that they were one 0 down or, or not doing very well because you know the standards that we've got and we've set ourselves, but the standards that the girls have got for themselves, their performance. Um, it's really, really high and last week, like I said, we went in at half-time 3-0 up and it didn't feel like 3-0 because they knew they could do so much better. Different kettle of fish today, we went in 5-1 up and they knew that they'd, they'd performed and that they'd linked up really well and like I say, we've worked really, really hard in training um, and today we went at it a little bit differently uh, to add to another string to our Bow again, uh, another bow to our string, whatever the saying is, but um, yeah, we went out and we executed it to perfection. So, half time was like you say, it was it was a really easy one for myself and Kim.
0: I bet it was a slight worry when Brighouse got one back about 10 seconds into the second half, though.
3: Well, yeah, it is, yeah, they did exactly to us what we did to them in the first half, so um, you know, it's a little bit of one of them where it was you know a, a, an individual error, but. You know, it's going to happen and I think when the weather is the way it is and the pitch is really slippy, it's, you know, we try to play, play well and the girls expect perfection, <laughs> um, as do probably most girls in this league and you've got to understand that mistakes will happen and it was one of them, a mistake happened and, and they scored from it but you know we turned it back round, we started to control the game again and from that moment onwards I think you know, that I w- it was never in doubt that we were going to come away with the victory.
0: It's a really ambitious football club isn't it both for the men and the women I mean in terms of the women's side is the progression is it kind of we need to get in the championship as soon as Almo?
3: Um, Well we take you know it's that old cliche of take it every game take every game as it comes and we really do live live and breathe that, that we do take it every game um, as it comes but we have goals and we have ambitions and you know the club is very ambitious we've we, we've got the back of the club um fully, so you know should we be in a position come the end of the season to to be promoted then that's something that you know we're aiming for and and we want um and every single player in that dressing room wants that more than anything this year and um I think today really summed it up, you could see the way they played um that you know they they wanna be champions of this league um they want to they want to win this league, but like i say we'll we'll take it every game as it as it goes and we'll see where we are at the end but as for the club they've supported us really really um, well up until this point since um, the disbandment last year um, a lot of talks and discussions have gone ahead and there's been a real shift in direction and um, you know like I say we've got the full backing of them and if, if we're in that position then it's something that we're going for yeah
0: yeah tough ask isn't it because Wolves have started off really well there's a bit of a gap between yourselves and them but and then you've obviously got a playoff as well so it is really hard to get into that championship isn't it regardless
3: yeah it's tough um, you know it's something that I think it needs looking at really the mm-hmm. you know you've got ourselves and the Southern League and it's an absolute slog to go the entire season and you know, win the league and then have to be faced with a playoff. It's a little bit of a um, bit of a kick in the teeth. Uh, you know, it, it, for every team that's had to go into that playoff, it's one of them that you know should we really have to do that mm. at this level in to women's football? But uh, you know, we, we we deal with it and yeah, we focuses every game. We'll take it a, a step at a time and and we'll climb up that staircase. And hopefully, we'll be at the top at the end of the season. Like you say, Wolves have had a brilliant start to the year. Um, and we'll,
0: we'll have to see who can who can keep going. Also in the National League North, Burnley had an exciting game against West Bromwich Albion. It finished four three to the visitors. Huddersfield Town they lost three one at home to Derby, and Middlesbrough beat Hull City by two goals to one. Stoke against Nottingham Forest was also called off. And in the South, only two games went ahead. But importantly for Ritzwich, the league leaders, they did play. They played Plymouth Argyle away and comfortably won by five goals to nil to keep up their 100% unbeaten record. And also Oxford United, they won 3-0 away at Cardiff. Ladies, all the other games were called off for various reasons. Well, Alex, thank you very much for joining me. And it's sure to be another exciting week ahead, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And I can't wait. And thank you for having me on. No, absolutely. And and thank you very much for listening, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to us as always via all good podcasting platforms. Tweet us at TWFP1 and also give us a follow as well on Instagram, the Women's Football Podcast and check out our YouTube channel as well. Until then, look after yourselves and we'll see you all next week.